Welcome to the official podcast of the Love Times 2 Project. Change the culture and the politics will follow. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Wooten. I serve on the board of the Love Times 2 Project, and I'm pleased to be back and happy to have with me uh, Dr. Coleman Ford. Dr. Ford is Associate Professor of Humanities at Texas Baptist College in Fort Worth, Texas. He holds a number of degrees from, uh, from both Dallas Seminary and Southern Seminary, including a Ph.D. in church history. Dr. Ford is a widely published author. His book, A Bond Between Souls, Friendship, and the Letters of Augustine, just hit shelves back in November. Um, he's the co-founder of the Center for Ancient Christian Studies. He's active in a number of theological societies, and he's an excellent, excellent teacher, I can attest. And I'm excited to have him on. So, uh, Coleman, thanks for your time today. Welcome yeah. to the podcast. Thanks, Jared. This, is, this has been good. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, well, this conversation, it's, it, it'll be unique in that we, we won't spend really a lot of time addressing the topic of abortion directly. Um, instead, in the same way that we, we believe politics is downstream from the culture, uh, the issue of life and abortion and the way that it's handled and debated, I believe, is downstream to a degree from the topic that we'll discuss today, which is friendship. Uh, for listeners, uh, you've heard Mike talk on previous episodes about the importance of the way we engage the issue of life. Well, this is one of the ways and an important one that we can engage through friendship. And it's something uh, that I'm convinced we need to focus on more. So today we're going to focus on it. And with Dr. Ford here, I'll be talking with someone who I think it's fair to say is an expert on friendship. How's that, Coleman? Is uh, is friendship expert a title that you have on your resume? Yeah, Jordan, I, um, I study friendship. Uh, I think I'm good at it, uh, but I'm always willing and knowing that I need to be better. So <laughs> expert in friendship does not equate uh, I'm going to be able to, you know, pick up the phone at 2 a.m. every time and <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever the friend request would be. So, yeah, but we'll, we'll go with that. Well, it, it, we'll have fun nonetheless. Um, I, I suppose we can go ahead and dive, dive right in. You know, I, I first started thinking more, I guess, about friendship. Um, especially in the context of the abortion debate back in, uh, I guess it was December of 2021. And what prompted those reflections was uh, there was a public demonstration that had taken place on the steps of the Supreme Court by a group of women uh, who were protesting in the early days of the landmark Dobbs court case. Um, they They were upset by the prospect of an unfavorable ruling in that case, in their view, And so these women gathered on the steps there in Washington, and and each of them together swallowed what they said were abortion pills. As you might imagine, uh, evangelical Twitter and and other social platforms sort of blew up. Um, A lot of Christians online had a lot to say about what they had witnessed, most of which, uh, you know, at least what I had saw, I pretty much agreed with. Um, But what struck me at that moment was how many of us were sort of commenting from a safe distance, you know, from from behind our computer screens or devices. Uh, We were uh, pointing our fingers. We were diagnosing the problem. We were decrying the tragedy of what we just witnessed, um, all of which more or less was warranted. But I thought, you know, what might change? How might this, uh, this, the story of abortion in America change if someone among us, instead of shouting these women down, had simply had the wherewithal or, or the courage, frankly, to cross the street and seek to build a relationship or a friendship with them? Uh, and, and, and that question has haunted me ever since. And so we'll, we'll get to some of those potential implications uh, before our time is done. But I wanted to offer that as a, um, I guess, as a preface to our conversation, just to sort of help set the stage for why we're talking about Christian friendship, especially on a podcast that, that deals mostly with life and abortion. Uh, so, 
with, with that, Coleman, why, why don't we start with a, a, a basic question? I guess it's not a simple question, but it's a basic question. Uh, what is what is friendship? Yeah, friendship um, is something that is recognized by philosophers. Uh, it's it's been studied and written upon by uh, various uh, cultural commentators. Uh, but it's something that I would argue Christians experience or can experience to the fullest degree. Because what friendship is, is it's uh, laying down the life, your own preference, laying down your life for another, uh, committing yourself to the point of um, uh, 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 giving up you know, what, what's precious to you and other things that uh, you would count as um, important for the sake of another person. Uh, I think people uh, understand this, and I think they get this. We have movies that talk about this. We have songs that uh, highlight this. But really, the Christian faith, our theology, the, the essence of, uh, of what we believe in the person and work of Jesus Christ demonstrates, not only in his teaching, which he talks about friendship, we can talk about that if we want, but in his very work, he demonstrates what friendship really, truly is, to the degree that we we really could never do, but we are welcomed into that, and we can model that. Um, and so, so, yeah, friendship is is that self-sacrificial love. Uh, but it's also, and, and so, in some senses, it, it can be universal. Uh, and I'm not thinking of sort of this liberal theology, brotherhood of man sort of thing. I, I'm thinking of sort of, we have the obligation to love our enemy, to pray for those who persecute us. And then with that, if you want to extend that, uh, further, the application of that might be to befriend another person. Uh, so there's that piece as well. But then, of course, friendship is particular. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know about you, but I've got a select group of friends that really know me, really can uh, speak into my life, can ask me hard questions, know the questions to ask, and therefore uh, I would count them dear friends. And so, yeah, so it, it, it has lots of facets to it. it it's a uh, a very, um, yeah, complicated animal, uh, but one that we all recognize as important uh, and necessary for life. Yeah, that's good. I, and, and I want to pick up on what you said about loving our enemy and, and maybe those who, who believe differently than we do in a bit. But before we get there, um, you, you've sort of laid the groundwork for this, but, but why would you say friendship is so important to, to us, to the human experience? Well, uh, it's woven into our DNA. Uh, there is a uh, really helpful sermon by Tim Keller that I point people to often. Uh, you know, I can't remember the date, but it, it's 20, 25 years old now. It, it's not recent. Um, so late 90s, I'll go ahead and say that. And uh, yeah, I think it's just called Spiritual Friendship is, is the title. You can find it on his website. But either way, uh, he makes a great point that um, if we are for, for desiring friendship, those who desire friendship are actually more like God uh, rather than less like God uh, because uh, God saw fit to create uh, out of the abundance of his goodness, his love, uh, by the power of his word. Uh, but not only did he create, uh, you know, lemurs and uh, unknown sea creatures that we haven't even discovered yet, uh, he created uh human beings um, and with relational capacity and um, invited them into a relationship with him. 
uh, and we know the story of Genesis 3 and how that's been disrupted ever since, but that is something that is absolutely woven into our DNA, and it's not a sin uh, that Adam was alone. Uh, it, it, it was part of his makeup to feel uh, that lack uh, of relational um, uh, interaction that he eventually received with Eve. And so and that's a good point to make as well. I think, of course, the Genesis 1 and 2 account clearly depict uh, a uh, sort of biblical theology of marriage between a man and a woman, but I think that the fundamental piece and foundation of that is a biblical theology of friendship. Uh, co-working, co-worshipping, uh, and, and uh, given the mandate to, to do those things together, mm-hmm. complementing each other in, in that creative work, which in a, which does equal marriage and, and procreation, but it, it is much bigger than that. Um, so, yeah, so it is woven into us by God's very design. Yeah. So we, we, you know, life today is interesting. Many, many of us, um, um, I'm sure, know and have, have likely experienced. Uh, we, we live in, it seems like, a society that's pretty, pretty lonely and distant from one another, and, and increasingly so. Um, would Would you say is it fair to say that that we're experiencing maybe a friendship crisis? Uh, and, and if so, how might we repair that crisis? Yeah. Uh, Jordan, I I hesitate to use the word crisis. I I want to call it an opportunity uh, to where, again, I think everyone recognizes the need for friendship. And in fact, the reason we have social media is to, in some ways, buttress that, to support that, and fill in some gaps that people, at some point, you know, 15, 20 years ago, as a lot of these platforms are being created, that they sensed a need for. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so thinking back even to like uh, some of the older platforms, you know, MySpace and things like that, where, uh, you know, and, and even on Facebook, right, where friend was kind of the language that was used. And so, yeah, so, it, but what that did create, if you want to use the word crisis, we could, but I, I think it's just, it created a, a deficit in true human relation uh, to where I think. Uh, we can use those platforms to build relationships in certain ways, but it is always limited. And um, so, yeah, so I think I think we have an opportunity as Christians, and in some ways we have an opportunity to capture this in ways that um, leaders in our culture, philosophers are talking about and maybe writing about, um, but because we have a theology, which at its core, I would argue, is friendship, uh, friendship with God, friendship with others, God befriending us through Jesus Christ. We, we actually can capture this conversation, I think, in our generation. And also just the reality of the church community, uh, that the, the local church uh, that is uh, vital to our Christian spirituality. Uh, we, I mean, we know, for those of us who have been in lo- a local church for a week <laughs> or more, that it's never perfect, uh, yeah. nor will it, will it be this side of eternity. Uh, but what it is, is it's an opportunity to step into a relationship with other people who have said yes to Jesus, and I want to walk with uh, you as a brother or sister in Christ, uh, as a friend. And so, yeah, so yeah, it, it's an opportunity for us. I think we can step into spaces and show what it looks like to be friends uh, with a gospel edge, 
to help people understand that this is natural for Christians. This is natural for the church. Uh, we're not going to be perfect, and we're not all going to be besties, <laughs> but we are going to be able to demonstrate to the highest degree, the highest degree possible, based on uh, the character and work of, of our God through the power of the Spirit, what friendship can and should be. Yeah. Well, you you alluded to this earlier, and I, I want to sort of pick up on it a bit a bit more strongly as we as we move forward here. So, uh, last year it was uh, you wrote an article for the the ERLC, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, <clears throat> entitled "What Makes a True Friend." And, and in that article, uh, you you wrote a line um, that that says, "Friendship is a debt owed to all people." Uh, can you expand on that? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, that's particular to Augustine of Hippo, so 4th and 5th century church father, uh, which is the focus of uh, my PhD writing dissertation. And this idea really captured me. Uh, and he, he used it in his letters. Other people used it. I'm not sure if it was original to him, uh, but it's the first time I, at least I had ever seen it, was this idea of, of love being a debt. Uh, I owe you my love. I owe you my time. I owe you my attention. And uh, you can look at it from different ways. Uh, you can look at it from sort of an obligation, duty-bound, almost legalistic way to where, okay, I have to do this. This is a Christian brother. Um, you know, i got to get in my one hour of, uh, you know, uh, talking to this guy at church and then I'm good. You know, whatever that could be. Uh, it could easily devolve into that. But when you read Augustine and when you read the individuals, the friends that he's writing to, there's an intimacy that's lacking in most of our uh, modern day conversations uh, around friendship and just among our friends, this idea of, I, I owe you this. And so I think, yeah, what it, what, it, what it can be helpful for us to think about is when you decide or when you move into friendship with one another, um, you are saying, in essence, um, you, everything I have is yours. Uh, everything that I uh, would want to uh, say is important. Uh, you are more than that, uh, and you would be something that uh, someone, rather, that I would dedicate more of my time, more of my attention to. And so, in some ways, we can say that it's, it's a debt that's owed, and uh, not like we want to collect on that debt in a sort of. Uh, capricious sort of way, but we should expect that from our friends. That uh, if I, which happened this week, I, I texted a couple friends and said, "Hey, by the way, our dryer went out, and we bought a new one from a neighbor. Can someone come help us move it? It's just down the street." And uh, one of my friends you know, had a thing, which totally understandable. Other one said, "Hey, I'll be home at this point," uh, and did it. And so that sounds silly, right? Uh, just simple, but it is a, 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 an illustration of this basic idea. That if a friend reaches out, I owe him. If I if I call him a friend, if I'm if I'm saying I'm dedicating myself to him as a friend, uh, I do owe him my love. I do owe him my time. I do owe him or her my uh, attention and, and possibly my my manpower <laughs> in lifting yeah. a dryer. So yeah, that's I think that's a helpful analogy. And again, Augustine really draws that out in his life. So I guess if, if friendship is a debt owed to all people. Um, how does that bear on us as Christians, um, specifically with people who who maybe um, who believe differently than than we do, or who are who are non Christian? Like, what? How does that play itself out in in our relationships with folks who 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 believe differently than we do? 
Well, yeah, to extend that thought, again, uh, friendship, most of us think of the particular friendships we have, whether that's with a spouse or a group of friends. Um, and so, therefore, that's most likely where we're going to land when it comes to friendship. But uh, if we want to, as Christians, I think we should, extend the call to love our neighbor as ourselves in the proper and right ways, um, I think friendship is that sort of vehicle that uh, is meant for that. So if we are to engage in a conversation with a non-believer, non-Christian, uh, for any reason, maybe just uh, to present the gospel in a basic way um, or any sort of dialogue we're having, debate, if you will, um, the best use of our time is not to fight that person, but to befriend that person. Uh, and that does that never should mean we agree 100%. Uh, we might agree on lots of things, but especially if it's a non-Christian, then we know there's a very fundamental thing we don't agree on, which impacts other things. But if we move in friendship rather than out of fear or fighting, whatever you want to say, then uh, I believe that that conversation, that debate, whatever you want to call it, would be more fruitful. Uh, would be, and what does that require? That requires humility. Uh, that requires the uh, your posture of saying, one, I don't know it all. Uh, yes, I I have what's ultimately true, which is relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Uh, I have His Word, which is inerrant and authoritative, which guides my life. But at the same time, I don't know this person and their experience. Um, I don't know the things that have shaped them and formed them. I don't know what's happened to them uh, through their life. And therefore, if I'm to try to move forward in a conversation or even present the gospel in some meaningful way, uh, I should, I think, have a posture of friendship towards that other person. That doesn't mean I'm going to be hanging out with them for the next 50 years, but that could at least build a bridge that is much more fruitful and meaningful than just uh, tweeting off or spouting off something that's true, but it's it's uh, it's not loving, and we, we want to be loving as we also speak truth. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of the Love Times Two Project. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode, and never forget: change the culture, and the politics will follow.